So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the Real Estate Marketing Dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Folks, we're uh, you turning on the news. What the hell is going on? Uh, what we're going to be focusing on this week's episode is uh, the next opportunity. If you tuned into our last show, um, we were talking about switching up which direction the market is headed. And we were chatting about, um, I believe it's going to be a seller's or I'm, I'm a real estate agent. I'm concentrating on sellers, 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 because I believe that we're going to start to see some distrust. I think that things are going to hit the fan and I don't know how bad, I don't know. If, I don't think it's going to be repeated 2008, but I do know that there is going to be something that happens. How bad? I don't know, but just, you just have to turn on the news and see what the fuck is going on because it is insane. And a lot of the things don't make sense. So what we're going to be doing today is I want to bring on a mortgage broker. He's not even in the States. He's in Canada, but um, whatever happens in the U S goes to Canada. So I wanted to bring someone on from an outside perspective off of what they see in our U.S. market, what they're doing. But he's not just a mortgage broker. He's also an investor, and he does a lot of his investing in the States. So he's got a good eye for seeing where opportunity is. And um, again, I'm bringing the freaking cowbells. Adapt, or you are going to get your ass kicked. You have to adapt right now. There's no questions about it. Lead generation, marketing, you're going to have to do two to three X more than what you did in the past. Business is not going to be easy. You're going to have to hustle. Welcome to the real world. 90% of the people in this business, lenders and agents included, have never seen a distressed market before because we haven't been in one in 10 plus years. No one knows what's going to happen. That means the vast, vast majority of everyone in this industry has no fucking idea what to do when a shift occurs. That, my friends, is a big opportunity. All right. So um, we're going to bring on and introduce our guest, Mr. Uh, Josh Perez. He's with Synergy Mortgage up in Canada. And Josh, how are you doing today? Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the show, tell everyone hello and a little bit about yourself. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to, to come and chat with you. And um, yeah, see, you know, the whole lot of crazy things going on in real estate and in the world. It's kind of been a steady theme over the past uh, few years. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm a mortgage broker, real estate investor uh, since 2010 was when I bought my first investment property. I was working in banking at the time and then, uh, you know, doing investment planning, retirements, mutual funds, uh, as well as credit. And I just found after I bought my first investment property, I just wanted to soak everything up that had to do with real estate and building wealth through real estate. It's been, you know, it's been one of the most proven paths of building wealth over over time. And so, you know, I became very passionate about what it, you know, could do for me and my clients. And so, you know, after a few years of uh, getting into real estate investing, I made the transition to mortgage brokering. So I'm just only working in mortgages with real estate. You know, we're helping, you know, for most people and not just Canada, U.S., North America, um, buying a home is a huge financial milestone. Um, it's also, you know, typically the biggest purchase you're going to make, biggest debt you're going to take on. Um, and also real estate being a, a huge opportunity to build wealth. Um, myself, my team, like we're super passionate about helping people with that and, and what it can do to help people achieve and accelerate reaching their financial goals. We work with a lot of partners in the space, real estate agents, and, and helping them kind of tap into, you know, the education side on how we can just 
help so many more people with their financial goals and to fight inflation, the cost of things being so expensive these days. Uh, we often think about, you know, how do we save and cut here? But, you know, we also, I think, I think equally need to think of how do we help grow this column of our finances, right? And that's, you know, yeah. acquiring assets, income producing assets. So that's a big part of what we do. You know, I'm, you know, haven't stopped investing in real estate since 2010, started with, you know, duplex, triplex, got into apartment buildings. Uh, you know, in 2020, Canada was, you know, kind of a tough place to to be like, like many. Still places. is, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. That motherfucker's crazy up there. Mr. Trudeau, not a nut, the guy's a nutbag. Um, not a fan, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone is, sort of like Biden here, nobody likes him. Yeah, um, so I found myself, you know, moving to places that were a little bit more free. Uh, and uh, yeah, I found myself in, in Florida, had some close family ties there, you know, fortunate to be able to work remote in my line of work. And so kind of planted there for two months in early 2021. And I said, listen, I got to I got to spend more time here. I want to bring my family and people close to me down here. So I bought a place, helped my parents buy a place. And then just what, you know, people in real estate do, they start to kind of look around you know, in, in new would, places. Would you say that when you um, do your loans, you do it from an investor's mindset versus a traditional residential mindset? Because most let's be honest, most most lenders, are it's, it's at least consumer friendly. They're going to think a realtor or lender, they're commodity. And you just want to get a loan. Most lenders, right? But yeah. um, if you're coming from an investment mindset, um, that could be a value add. How do you play that into your business? Because I think that's where the market's going. I think everyone is going to be very investment conscious. People will slowly start buying on emotion and they're going to start using the numbers again um, like they did in the past. So what is your how do you approach that? Yeah, so no, really good question. I think, you know, going deeper with the purchase of a real estate uh, uh, purchase is, is super important. Yeah, I need a loan today to close on this property to buy it, right? But what are your plans for that property? Do you plan to stay in it for the rest of your life? Most people, that's not necessarily the plan or how it's going to play out, right? Do you plan to add value to renovate the place? Like, Is there an opportunity to create some upside and equity in the place and potentially talk about, hey, listen, if you do this to the property, boom, that's like, that's a source of capital you can eventually tap into and when done correctly, help kind of build wealth or put it elsewhere if you're investing it potentially in real estate again. So investors, you know, kind of realize this, this concept of, you know, buying properties that might be a little bit distressed or have upside in the sense of, you know, bringing a dated property to something that's more modern and improved, increasing rents. And then usually the money you spend on renovating or improving a property when done correctly equates to a number that's higher than what you spent on it. Right. And so for a lot of people who don't have unlimited sources of capital to keep, you know, putting money down to buy property, they use one property to to leverage to, to purchase the next one. Right. So that that first purchase. So for a homeowner who maybe that's not their immediate plan, you we try to go deeper with, you know, what are not just your your homeownership plans or purchase plans, but like what else do you have going on in, in your world right now? How can we use this opportunity to help you slowly build wealth and build a roadmap? to accomplish some other things financially. So we just go deeper with kind of questioning and, and purposes of why, why this home, why this price point, why this neighborhood, and then just try to inform them and educate them with all, you know, the opportunities that can come with real estate uh, to help them and their family moving forward. So how would a realtor though, what do you believe a realtor should be doing in this market? Um, because I, I, I think you're on, I think agents need to be investor friendly. Most of them aren't. Uh, most agents don't even have an investment property they own, um, yet alone working with an investor, advising them how to cap rates, cash flow, and all of these other things. So 
how would you as a realtor adjust to uh, this market? Because I don't know what's doing in Canada, but things have slowed down here a little bit. Um, and most markets have slowed down. We've seen a, a depreciation, but it's still busy. It's so weird because it's still, there's lack of inventory. So things are still selling, although the prices have come down a little bit because of inflation, rates, all the above. Um, so I've, right. so so odd. It's such an odd time. It's such an odd market. Um, yeah, we've found here, and, and I pay attention to a lot of markets in the U.S. Like there's, you know, with the with the run up over the last, I think I was listening to Barry Habib, who's a great resource. Yeah. Um, last, I think it was like around 12 years. It's just been steady appreciation in real estate, you know, nationally in the U.S. And we've had like ultra low interest rates, and now in the last, you know. In the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, we've started to see a run-up in rates. The cost of borrowing has increased dramatically. And, you know, the price of real estate hasn't really come down to the point where, like, that increase in borrowing costs has, like, matched the deal you can get on the house. So, you know, conversations, you know, 12 months ago were largely about, you know, helping people who cost of goods and inflation was all, already running rampant. But now cost of borrowing was kind of a lagging piece that now is just only exasperating the problem of affordability, right? So mm -hmm. what we're doing is just, uh, you know, for realtors and other professionals in the space, you know, my biggest recommendation is like, don't, you got to be there for your clients. There's, there's not like, uh, they need to be heard. Sometimes there's opportunities where you can help them. Sometimes it's just providing them with context and perspective of what all their options are. And there might not be any good ones, but making sure you're there for them to, so that they know they've exhausted everything that's possible or, okay, listen, this isn't an opportunity right now when rates are, you know, 5.99, but if rates come down to like 5.25% for your situation, this is where we can kind of take advantage of it, where we can free up, you know, a few hundred dollars a month in cash flow, pay down some other debt that we're carrying, but not right now. And so we built kind of a roadmap of what all our options are, you know? I know we didn't ever plan to sell this house, but, you know, ha has that conversation, you know, come up and just having some hard conversations, you know, with clients who, you know, might be suffering, just be there for them. So that was, you know, a big part of the year. And then, you know, those people will always remember that you were available for them um, to help and share your expertise and educate when there wasn't a transaction there for you to, you know, potentially close. And I found that, you know, most of our, you know, we're in the relationship business. Most of my business is referral based and has been for the last, you know, nine, 10 years. And it's, you know, not every conversation is going to be one that leads to an immediate sale. But listen, you know, we're, again, I was speaking to it earlier, like buying a home or an investment property, it's like the biggest purchase someone's going to make, largest debt they're going to take on. We want clients to take it seriously and we should take it seriously too. And that might involve quite a few conversations before and after helping someone and being there for them. And they're going to remember that and tell their friends, their family, their coworker that, hey, every single time, you know, there's a, there's a rate announcement happening. Yeah, I know Josh and I had the same conversation last time, but you know what? My wife is, you know, has anxiety about this thing or when the news pops up or social media or a friend talks about it um it just we get concerned and and we just you know you're you're the kind of you're the person that's the kind of the voice of reason or at least laying everything out for us once again and going back to the fundamentals of our plan and so that that's been a big part of the last year and now is like rates have you know hopefully kind of stabilized a little bit and come down a bit since what we hope the peak is um there's just no lack of demand for real estate. Okay. And so even though transactions have been largely down in both Canada and the US, like majorly, 
it's not for a lack of wanting. Like yeah. people's goals for home ownership and building wealth and real estate investment haven't changed. It's just, you know, the fear, the the fear piece, right, has scared people to put them on the sidelines. Uh, and also just the cost, the cost of borrowing and doing business are increased, right? So margins are thinner and opportunities need to be vetted a little bit more. And I've just found on our end of things, you know, I look at my kind of my conversion, you know, my conversion over the last, you know, six, seven years hasn't swayed from, you know, 30 to 38% of leads in to, to closing, right? And what I've noticed in the last six months, the conversion has gone downward to about 20%. Just because the sales process is a lot longer, people's appetite and just, you know, when rates were, you know, in Canada, they were a little bit lower than the bottom of the U.S., you know, one in two percent. I mean, it was tougher to find reasons not to borrow money to do something with it mm -hmm. than to actually find the reasons of why it's justified to borrow, borrow money to invest, do that home renovation, throw a pool in the backyard, go invest, buy two, three properties. Uh, because capital is so cheap and the cash flow you're going to generate on that is going to pay all the bills. But when things change, right, the math is a little bit different. People are spooked. They got to look a little bit harder. They got to try a bit harder. They got to build, you know, their power teams got a little bit, be a little bit stronger in terms of the resources. So right now, I think, you know, long answer to your question is that, yeah, I, I think opportunities are coming. They're not crystal clear just yet, but, you know, there are a lot of different macroeconomic Things that we've seen happen over the past couple of years, we, we're seeing, you know, wars, uh, we're seeing bank collapses, uh, you know, this money printing has just been unbelievable uh, in supply. We're seeing now we're seeing some things happening to do with, um, you know, oil and currencies that, you know, I don't think we're just starting to see. We haven't really seen anything actually, except for dialogue around some of the BRIC countries now yeah. coming off the dollar with you know trade and oil, and there's going to be some big implications of that, right? And while you know supply and demand with like the demand side of real estate um, is is stronger than it's ever been, um, there's going to be some macroeconomic factors that come into play that might shift the whole dynamic of supply and demand and pricing and costs of borrowing. So. It's going to lead to opportunities, right? One way or another. It's just you, you want to have the people around you to be the right resources to help you identify and present them to you, uh, along with you, you know, investigating what might be there for you to invest in, for you and your family to take advantage of for the next five to 10 years. In my Folks, opinion. if you listen to what we're talking about, we're talking about repositioning your business. Like the days of you going out there, man, I can help you get in a car and go help you find the house of your dreams. Like those are fucking done. What we're talking about is repositioning and approaching your business like a financial planner, but for real estate. Focus on the investment side, keep people out of trouble and talk them out of buying more houses than you talk them into. And that positioning alone will help build your authority. If you look at his numbers right there, he's converting half, he's converting about 40% less than he was um, a year ago and would be in the show. I said, what are you gonna have to do? You have to work twice as hard. You have to market twice as hard. You have to create twice as much content because the transaction count is down and every indication right here is, is going towards like, Hey, you have to analyze the investment aspect of it. Like, and it's, you have to be investor friendly, you guys in these markets and investor friendly doesn't mean only working with investments. It means stop selling people houses or homes and start selling them wealth. There's yes. a difference in how you position your business. And if you're just a typical realtor, you're just a typical lender that could get them uh, the standard rate that anybody can, you're just a fucking commodity. 
You have to reposition and you have to own a niche. The niche I'm screaming from the rooftops right now is in investing. The reason for this is that investors are not going to be emotional about a purchase. They're not going to sit on the sidelines. They're sitting on the sidelines right now waiting to pounce. And all of those investors are not going to buy one or two properties. They're going to buy three or four or five, and they're going to keep fucking buying them. And then you're going to get a listing on the other side for the ones that are turning them over quickly. So when I'm screaming here and why we have Josh on this on this call is because everything he's talking about is telling you what skills you need to develop to obtain um, market share, to obtain transactions. And the last in this community, the vast majority, a lot of people are going to go out of business. If the, the shift happened, it's already happening in the lending world out here. I could tell you guys, we used to do about, we used to script out and distribute videos for lots of lenders. we lost almost all of them. And that's because they're not transacting, right? They have to cut costs, right? So when you know this is happening, there's a big opportunity here. And the opportunity is, is that we know our current competition, whether you're a lender or agent, um, your peers are losing transactions and many of them are going out of business. That's an opportunity for you, Right. But ultimately, what are people going to look for in this next market? Who is the agent that can actually go out there and analyze that and say, well, look, the, the rate today is 5.25, but due to inflation, and we know that do that, that the, that the recession is, is here, that rates traditionally go down, according to Barry Habib. And you need to know this stuff, guys, because these are the conversations people are going to have. I could tell you in the last crash, no one talked about highest and best. Everyone talked about, give me the fuck out of this situation. Mm-hmm. And you got to get that traditional mindset out of your head. The highest and best, highest and best. Get that out of your mindset because in a distressed market, no one cares about highest and best. They care about what's best for them. And that's not always the highest price. Sometimes that's involving them selling more conveniently. Sometimes it's involving them doing a 1031 exchange because it's an wow. investment. Sometimes wow. they're going to be asking you to, hey, is this a good investment? And that's going to be bringing its property to its highest and best use, which means you need to know the zoning laws. You need to know opportunity. You need to know costs. You need to know investment costs. You need to know rehab costs. Because anyone who's going to hire you are going to ask these questions. And if you can't answer them, I'm going to Redfin. What the fuck's the difference? Yeah. The opportunity to to work and help families with investing in real estate is is so sky high because you said it earlier is, you know, once someone buys one one rental property and if it's cash flowing and working out for them, they're just going to want to keep doing it. Right. Yep. So you rarely meet an investor who buys one property and stops there. And I think one thing that gets missed for people who aren't you know, in tune or educated on real estate investing is just like the two most important pieces with, with real estate when done correctly, leverage and control. So, you know, typically if you have a hundred thousand dollars, okay, you can buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of stock or mutual funds or bonds right. with real estate. You know, when you're looking at buying a rental property, most places, the general rules, Canada and U S are, if you have a hundred thousand dollars and you're buying an investment property, you can buy a $500,000 asset, 20% down. Yep. So $100,000 in the stock market gets you $100,000 worth of stock mutual funds in real estate. It's 500, five times your investment. Why that's important? Dollarizing the math. Okay. So we're not here to kind of like speculate on, you know, appreciate, but, but if you look at it this way, okay. If over a 10, like you take one year, okay. 5% appreciation on that, on that $500,000 house. So if that house goes up 5%, it's $25,000. $25,000 divided by your 100,000 investment 
that's a 25% rate of return on your initial capital. 5% in appreciation equals 25% on your capital. In the stock market, if the stock market goes up 5%, 5% on your capital. You need to actually get a 25% rate of return in the stock market to generate 25% Same. rate. So and that, and you said that perfectly, but that's what I'm, that conversation is the conversations that are going to start happening on the kitchen tables across the countries, Canada too, and the United States. And that's, that's the conversations that need to be have. And it, it's too often that like, and I see it every day because, because most, let's be honest, like the average agent, I don't know what it is in Canada, but in the United States sells six houses a year. Like that's it. Like I, very comparable. It's, here. it's, it's, very it's comparable. insane. It's like, First, I don't know how you can only sell six houses a year. You have to be a closet agent. Like you literally have to hide for six for 12 months to only sell six houses a year. Like you're yeah. going to walk past 40, 50, 60, 100 people that are going to be in the market just over the course of three months, yet alone go a year with only selling six houses. But that's another show, right? Uh, well, um, that, that's uh, no, like, you know what? I heard a quote. I, I, uh, I have a lot of realtor uh, partners and colleagues who are with Keller Williams. I know that they're one of the biggest brokerages, I'm pretty sure, in the US. And I go to a conference there every year. And I remember Gary Keller mentioned uh, a quote that, like, for me, because I've invested in real estate, like, I get it, but it just kind of opened my eyes even more. And, and I hope it did for, I'm sure it did for a lot of people. It's like every great investment deal passed through the hands of at least one real estate agent, usually. Yeah. So like they could have had the opportunity of buying it, but it passed through their hands. They looked at it or they didn't look at it. Or they weren't capable or didn't understand or realize it. But like every great, amazing deal typically has passed through someone's hands. And it's just like, why does that have to be the case? Sure. You know what? Like not everyone has unlimited capital, but it was just like, that's that's a funny concept, right? If if we know the return of something or an opportunity that's there, like why don't we try to take advantage of it or work toward being in a position to be able to take advantage of it, right? So we have a, a, a this is a total perfect story. So like um we have a um seller lead generation. We set seller appointments in a different business. Um, for you guys that are interested in that, that's called ownerdvocateagent.com. Ownerdvocateagent.com and uh we give sellers multiple options to sell their property. So we give them a fixed and list program, a bridge loan, a cash offer, a sale lease back. And we have an offering. Our offering is like the Expedia of real estate. You know, pick here are five, six yeah. different ways to sell your house. You pick which one is right for you. They're all going to have different nuts. They're all going to have different time lengths and processes. It's just based upon the goals you want. So we're selling um, through options. But yesterday we get a, we get a, we send out a, a lead and uh, the lead, the house is owned outright. It's worth three fifty. He only owes eighty seven thousand on it, and the lead goes specifically says, "Hey, I don't want to be." He goes, "I don't want to list with the realtor. I just want a cash offer. I'm going to move down to Tennessee and I'm going to fucking retire." Guy's just done. He's eighty seven years old. He's he's over it. You know, this is the perfect investment opportunity for a investor, right? Send the lead out to the agent. Agent goes, doesn't even like didn't follow up with the investor yet. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? This is a gold mine. And um, he's just like, he wasn't approaching it. Like, why didn't I just buy this? He's approaching it as a listing agent. And he was about to not even call the person because they said, hey, I don't want to talk to a realtor. Would you rather make a $7,500 commission on the $300,000 house? Or would you rather make about $75,000? And it's that mindset. And you're right. Every single year, I don't come across them anymore because I'm no longer really practicing in San Diego. But Chicago, like, gosh, you're, you guys are just naturally going to come across a home run one to three times a year. Naturally, that's without even looking. That's just because you're in the business, right? 
Yeah. And the question is, is do you have the skills to take that fucker down yourself? <laughs> That's what it comes down to. And if you don't, why aren't you going out and finding them? And why aren't you all going out and doing that? Why aren't you learning this? Why don't you go and meet guys like Josh or partner with people or go and hire Grant Cardone's coaching company or whatever. Go. There's millions of freaking education out there. You guys can learn this stuff. It's nothing you go to college for. I promise you that you learn from other people that are doing it. And then guess what you have? a Cause here's what happens. Like Josh, if me and you are sitting there having a kitchen conversation and you're telling me about how many doors you own? 90, 90 doors. And just the fact that you said, yeah, I have 90 doors. I'm not even fucking interviewing anyone else. You're going to talk through experience based upon what you do. And then the positioning from that instantly, you have my respect. So I, I own 90 doors and here's how I finance all of them mm -hmm. because I'm all about cash flow. Are you interested in cash flow, Mr. Seller or Mr. Buyer? Well, yeah, well, here's what I did in my scenario. And then here's what I would recommend doing in yours. You have the track record to do that. And I can promise you that there's not too many mortgage brokers out there that own 90 doors. That positioning is you're selling a totally different product and service. You are no longer a commodity. You are an expert. And that's, you know what, how we positioned uh, our business, our team is, is being like teaching by doing right. Um, and, and I think, and, and it's, it, I'm just passionate about it because I can see how, how real estate investing can build wealth. And the, the fortunate thing that, you know, uh, mortgage brokers and realtors have in their business is like, you know, we're not selling like widgets or pens. We're actually involved in something that is super, super meaningful to the large majority of the population, home ownership, building wealth, you know? And a lot of times it just comes down to going deeper with your clients and explaining, okay, people talk about building wealth or generational wealth, but like, what does it teach person? Is it being able to retire at all or retire yeah. soon, living life on your own terms, travel, pay for your kid's education, pay down debt, pay off your mortgage faster. What is it to you helping a family member in need, right? So there's just such an opportunity that it's okay if you don't understand real estate investing right now, but don't put yourself in a box and say, I don't do that. You have to do that, whether yeah. it's for your clients or for yourself and your family, you're right in front of you. It's so easy and it's not complicated. That's the thing, right? Own 90 doors. Well, it's, you know, it's been very purposeful over the last 12 years. And also the real estate investment community, at least from Canada, and I've started to get involved in the US and we have one of our, our big educational groups that just migrated to the US right now. Uh, you can hit me up for that as well. And I, I'm happy to make some connections in a few different states. But people in the real estate investment community are, are usually very open books and willing to share and very much of a pay it forward mentality. So we have so many opportunities to lean on those resources to to learn and educate if you're not there and then you could pass that on to your clients but even if you don't want to do that do it use it for yourself um because yeah. like i said the leverage piece the other thing that's often forgotten is you know every month that you know like so, so you have leverage right so so the appreciation factor is nice okay um if you can achieve it long term which you should and next you know principal pay down so this is another concept Every if you have a renter in a house or two renters, right, and the total rental income, uh, total rental income is at least breaking even with the expenses you have on the house. Keep in mind that every month your mortgage is getting paid down, getting paid down. So so the tenants are paying down the mortgage for you, and every month that your mortgage goes down five hundred or a thousand dollars a month, that's five hundred to a thousand dollars a month more of equity you have in your house. So on a typical mortgage amortization schedule, 
every year, like at rates to, so when rates were in like the two to 3% range on that investment property, what that pay down equate, equated to was about nine to 10% per year of equity gain. Now, depending on where you're at with your rates, if you're in the four five, 6% range, that pay down factor is about three to like somewhere between three and 4%. So you do nothing every year. Okay. And if you just broke even, you're making today about 4% per year. Okay. That's not including appreciation. And then there's cash flow. Cash flow, you can determine before you pull the trigger and buy. You can ask, you can see what the rents are, or you can estimate very closely what something can rent for. So if you know you're buying a house at four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, and you know you're going to collect twelve hundred dollars a month times two units, twenty four hundred dollars. We work, and these are the things. Like these are the conversations we're a part of with our clients, uh, well in advance. So a client comes to us, hey, never invested in real estate before. What can I do? How can I do it? Where do I get money from? Will I get cash flow? Can I pay? We're here to map it out and illustrate every version of what's possible for you so that there's no kind of guessing after you get the keys and, and get your yeah. bills first month. So it's all highest and best. Highest and best. The other main thing. So we talked about, you know, leverage. So the concept of $100 gets you $500 of real estate, $100,000 down payment gets you 500,000 of real estate. You know, there's principal pay down, someone else paying down the mortgage for you and there's monthly cash flow. So every month, a few hundred dollars, maybe thousand dollars a month, positive between your rental income and your expenses. Those are three different ways that your rate of return. So over the long haul, like when you hear people sometimes, Grant Cardone, other people saying, oh, I'm getting 25 to 40% annually on my investment. That is a real number that's real when you add in appreciation cash flow and principal pay down we, we talked about you know a five percent appreciation equals actually a 25 percent rate of return okay if you're taking a five or ten year period i think that's a reasonable number to work off of then you add in you know two to five percent in cash flow and then you add in four to ten percent at different times in principal pay down you're easily there so that's that's massive over a long period of time. This is this is why investors, when they understand this concept, and it only takes you know a couple of conversations, and and we like to dollarize things, right? I don't like when we talk just all these percentages verbally and throw these. I want to show you in dollars with dollars that you have access to the math, and I find that when you illustrate these things, it can be a lot more powerful. Oh and yeah. When one gets into one property, this is why we have clients that buy four, five, well, eight. You're educating 10. me, like you're teaching me, but you're also demonstrating your expertise. Talk cheap, guys. You got to have the experience or the skill set to demonstrate. And that's ultimately comes down to you. there's a, I think just knowing your market highest and best. So like I'll give you an example in, in California, um, crazy governor Newsom um, passed a uh, zoning ordinance because there's like a big housing crisis. And it basically removed all R1 zoning, which basically means that if you have a single family home, you could pop in like two or three Airbnbs on it. So there's some people making killer cash right now. Now, I told you guys you're going to have to work harder in this market. So I'm going to give you a fucking really easy one. I'm going out and I'm finding all the irregular lot sizes, okay, that Airbnbs can fit on, multiple of them, all residential properties. And then I'm going to cross-check that data with distress. I'm going to see which of those people have high credit card debt, which of those people have been in the house for long, which of them have a shitload of equity, how old they are, and all of it. And then I'm going to fucking door knock them or cold call them with an offer. Because the same thing happened when it switched to cannabis in California. And that was right when I moved here. 
And I remember that that time they just switched to zoning. So, and there are so many people that didn't realize overnight that their land value just because of the zoning change literally shot up to seven figures because you can now grow cannabis on it. And, and the people who made a lot of money in that were the ones who knew the zoning laws and they would go out and buy the property and then they could turn around and flip it easily for probably a million dollar profit because the zoning and what you could do with it in the future. So knowing highest and best use in your market, not just on um, the property and the cosmetics and adding a bedroom, adding a bathroom, but the zoning to it, what can you do with it? This is what's going to be required to survive in these markets. I, I firmly believe that every real estate team will eventually be a hybrid investor offering. Um, I think that that's the future of real estate. Um, I don't think, uh, I think commissions are going to get compressed eventually. They already are in many areas. And with that, you're going to have to think a little bit smarter. But what if you had a buying arm into your team or your brokerage, even as a mortgage broker, you're doing it right now. You're not starving, are you? No, if the rates no, dip. What, if the rates dip right now, and you have a slow six months, do you are you really going to be affected? Because you have ninety doors. No, you survive. It, yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I'm talking about. Yeah, that's um, it's just you know, it's building for tomorrow. You don't know what's around the corner. You know, everyone has you know different values or obligations and family and stuff like that. But it's always just thinking about you know what's happening today. It's not going to be what things are like, you know, tomorrow, next week, next year. So you got to plan for the unexpected. And and big thing for me that kind of wrapped my head around, you know, constantly wanting to do more in my mortgage business or real estate investing was, I don't know who framed it for me, but it was just like, listen, like, if you have opportunities that are available to you as a result of, you know, you working to educate or your resources um, and your circle, and you're not taking advantage of them. Like, are you really responsible? Are you responsible to the people within your business? Like, are you, are you putting off opportunities that could help, you know, some members of my team because there's sure. more revenue that can come into the company. If I told, you know, my wife or kids five years from now, Hey, yeah, you know what? I could have, I could have earned or grew our net worth by X amount, but you know, I just didn't. We could have had a vacation home in Florida kids, but I just decided not to. They'd be pretty pissed at you probably right now. knowing Exactly. I'm <laughs> like, you know, sometimes people are like, Oh, you know what? I'm good. It's slow, but I'm okay. I'm happy. Like why, why should I want to do more uncomfortable? A things can change. That's the number one thing. Right. And number two is like, you know, think about your family, think about the other people, maybe putting yourself in a position to be able to help a family member in need. And maybe that'll motivate you a little bit more if, you know, you're content with your current situation. Think about the other people around you that you care about. And it should be, you should look at it as your duty, right? I think Cardone says it too, success is your duty. Well, if you'd look at it a little bit deeper, it's like, you know, not everyone has opportunities in front of them to pursue that can help build wealth. Yeah. Um, a lot of us do have that, and especially working in real estate, they're right in front of us everywhere. It's just a matter of building your team and resources and want wanting to learn and grow. Yep. It's the key part. Um, folks, if you're not going to events, um, like I, I, in 07, when I did all the short sales, it was the most successful I've had in my career. Um, I forced myself to learn that. And, uh, cause I saw the opportunity and I learned it for two to three years. I was going to every conference and it took a while to learn, but, uh, the result, the end result of that was like, we made millions of dollars. Like, um, you you have to want to learn and educate yourself, but um, we're telling you guys what to learn and educate on is the skill set. Go deeper in real estate. Don't just sell it. Don't just sell loans. Invest in loans and invest and do it yourself. But if you can't get there to do it yourself yet, you still need to know about these terms, cash flow, uh, highest and best use. You need to know creative financing programs to leverage debt. 
Um, you know, big things like there's a ton of investment friendly programs that are out there um, right now. Um, I don't know if they have them up in, I think the loans are a little different in Canada than they are in the States, but there's a, there's a lot of, uh, asset based loans that are meant for investors that you can leverage. Yeah. Commer yeah. You we know? call that the commercial, commercial so, side like, of like that and, coverage. Loans. Yeah. And if not, trust me, there's a ton of private money and you probably oh, have yeah. all of the private money right on your Facebook feed. Like if you just reached out and just went to some of your friends, like, why can't you start syndicating deals? It's not hard to get the money. You just have to actually try it, but you, it all starts by educating yourself. Where would you suggest people? Where did where did you get learned about investing? And then we'll get the show uh, wrapped up if you want to give any people some final advice. Yeah, you know, in Canada, it was a group real estate investment network. I promise you, you Google real estate investing or honestly, I'm always a big advocate of getting introductions from people I know. So yeah. anyone in your circle, if you're in real estate, you have to know someone who's real estate investing. Go ask them first. You'll also you'll also build a deeper connection with that person as a result of expressing that you want to learn more, right? I guarantee you, majority of those people, when you ask them, will be happy to share plenty of resources with you and you'll get an immediate connection. Um, so that's where you go. Online, YouTube, there's you know, few, few pretty good follows. You know, Grant Cardone is a great, uh, great follow. Um, I'll share it. Maybe I'll send you some notes of some of my top people in, in real estate investing. But I mean, talk to the people. With I'm going to have to pay for that. What are you talking about? I'm going to have to pay to buy a course. Can you I can't pay. I can't pay $500 to buy a course. That's not a good investment of my time. Instead, I'm going to go to college and rack up a $40,000 debt that I'll oh, never man, pay back. Like, Mike, that'd be a great episode. The college comparison. Yeah. Like yeah. folks invest. There's people selling info. Buy it. They're not selling info if they don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, there's some fake fake people out there, but it's pretty easy to spot them out and just start learning. The reality is, is that like you'll buy many courses and you'll pick up a little golden nugget out of each one. My only goal with events and buying courses was like, if I could just get one thing out of this, I'm thrilled. And there's always one thing in every bit of information that you buy. Otherwise, that information every, doesn't get sold. Every, every single time you'll pull something from events, that's a big piece. But talk to your own circle, use Google. Um, you'll have, you know, my contact information. I'm willing to share my own, uh, you know, resources. You know, a lot of them in Canada, a lot of them in the U.S. too. Yep. I, I was starting fresh in the U.S. when I came down here a couple of years ago. Got a great community that's growing that have, you know, we're aligned with our goals. A lot of great real estate agents, investors, community. The group that I'm part of, Wealth Genius, here is now and I think like, nine different states and they're growing rapidly. I'm actually coming down to Ohio uh, in June for a boots on the ground event. So basically they'll, they'll walk through a bunch of sample investment properties that might, you know, look attractive that are currently on the market, um, get to know the city in a few different areas. So looking forward and, and they're doing that all over the country actually. So which Very is cool. interesting. Well, appreciate it, Josh. Um, why don't you tell everyone where they could find you, give them uh, your handle really quick or where they could connect with you and we'll get this wrap. Yeah, best. Uh, thanks for having me, Mike. It was a pleasure. Uh, best place to to reach me is on Instagram underscore Perez Josh. Uh, you can also reach out to me by email, Josh at synergymortgagegroup.com. Appreciate you, dude. And we appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Folks, if you have any additional questions, you need to get on video. Why don't you visit my site, realestatemarketingdude.com. We'll script, edit, and distribute your content for you. We'll put you on the map, stop making you creepy, and start making you a whole lot more marketable so you start attracting business. And if you like what we talked about today and you need to sharpen up your listing presentation or your offering, then go visit OwnerAdvocateAgent.com, OwnerAdvocateAgent.com. Check it out and uh, you'll see how you can sharpen your skills so that more people actually want to work with you because um, the old days of, hey, this is the only way you sell your house, those are gone. Start selling options and people will be a lot easier to convert. More importantly, build your trust and differentiate your brand. 
Appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you guys next week on next week's show. Peace. We're out. Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.